This is the Calm Living Blueprint Podcast, episode number three. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are feeling alone in your pursuit of calm and confidence, know that today, right now, in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of others all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. At Calm Living, we believe it's only when we stop struggling against our fearfulness and our anxiety that we begin to find lasting freedom from it, to live the lives we want to live. That is what this podcast is about. Come join the Confidence Revolution. Well, hello. Welcome to episode three of the Calm Living Blueprint podcast. I am your host, Candice Esposito. I first want to say thank you to you for downloading and listening to this podcast. I hope you get a lot of value out of it. A quick reminder that the show notes for every episode are available on the Calm Living Blueprint website. The show notes include the actual MP3 recording, the transcript of the podcast, any resources mentioned, as well as the home play that I recommend in each episode. The show notes for today's episode can be found at calmlivingblueprint.com forward slash three. That's the number three as in episode number three, calmlivingblueprint.com forward slash three. As I promised in episode two, in this episode, we are going to release you from the illusion of control. If you recall from episode two, one of the myths surrounding social anxiety or fear or anxiety, uh, any anxiety for that matter, is that you should be able to control what you feel and think. Okay, this notion that you should be able to control what you think and feel. It'd be nice if life were that simple, but that's actually a complete fallacy. This myth, this illusion of control is so prevalent in our society. It's even touted by many of the so-called experts and gurus. So I wanted to devote this episode entirely to shattering this illusion. Because as long as you're wrapped up in the illusion, you're caught in a vicious cycle. You tell yourself, I have to fill my head with positive thoughts. I have to get rid of the negative thoughts. Sure, you can do that temporarily, but the so-called bad thoughts eventually come back. Then what happens? You feel bad about having the thoughts. You feel like you failed at getting rid of them. You see how it becomes this vicious cycle? Well, I say enough of that. That's what you're going to learn in this episode, how to wake up to the illusion and stop the vicious cycle in its tracks in order to free yourself to take the next step in overcoming social anxiety. All right, as I like to do to start off an episode, I'm going to ask you to imagine with me. Imagine I'm a mad scientist 
and I've kidnapped you for an experiment. And if it helps, feel free to picture me with crazy Einstein hair and thick rimmed glasses. I won't mind. And I've wired you to a super sensitive polygraph machine. The most accurate lie detector on the planet. Okay, this machine can detect the tiniest bit of anxiety in your body. You cannot fool it. Even the tiniest hint of anxiety and the alarm bell sound. And in this experiment I'm about to do to you, you must not feel any anxiety at all. Because if you do, then this lever goes off that electrocutes you. No hard feelings, it's all in the name of science. Okay, so you're wired to this super sensitive lie detector that can detect the most minute amount of anxiety. And if it senses any anxiety, the alarm bells ring, telling me, the mad scientist, to pull a lever that would electrocute you. What would happen? Well, I'm thinking if that were me, if I were in your position, I'd be fried. I'm betting you probably had a similar answer. Because even though your life depends on it, you can't control the anxiety. Even though your life depends on it, you can't control the anxiety. We're all walking around trying to control how we feel, believing the illusion of control. It just doesn't work. It's not that we have no control at all. It's just that we've got a lot less than we've been led to believe. We think that the more we control how we feel, the better our lives will be. No one wants to feel bad. We all want to feel good. So it's natural that we try hard to avoid or to get rid of the so-called bad or negative thoughts and feelings. And this idea is reinforced by our society. We equate feeling good with the idea of happiness. And if you believe that illusion, of course you're going to invest a lot of time and energy in trying to decrease the bad feelings and increase the good feelings in order to be happy. Okay, so to clarify, when I say control, I mean any strategy, anything we do to try to get rid of the so-called bad thoughts and feelings. At the heart of control is the desire to avoid to avoid the discomfort. Examples of control strategies can include everything from the use of alcohol or drugs, suicide attempts, to comfort foods, exercise, prayer, meditation. And you may be saying, whoa, Candace, prayer, exercise, meditation, aren't those good for us? Right now, I'm just asking you to look at the control strategies that you might be using with an open and non-judgmental mind. It's not about labeling them as good or bad, right or wrong, positive or negative. Right now, we simply want to check in and get an idea how these strategies are working in terms of helping you to create the life you want to live. What we care most about is if the behavior is working to improve the quality of your life, Is this behavior taking you from suffering to vitality? If not, then it's not working. 
So if the control strategy is working to enrich and enhance your life, by all means, it makes sense to keep doing it. The reality is that most of us rely too much on control strategies when we use them too much in excess or inappropriately. That's when it starts to affect our quality of life. Take exercise, for example. Yes, when we exercise, we often feel better. Exercise can definitely improve our quality of life. As a control strategy, it generally works. However, if it becomes excessive, for example, you know, I've had patients who were anorexic that would spend three or four hours each day exercising to keep their bodies the way they perceive them. And of course, in that case, even something as positive as exercise has its costs and can be used as a control strategy that is not working. The motivation behind using the control strategy also makes a difference. Is the motivation or reason you are using the control strategy based on your values, what you want to stand for, the kind of person you want to be? Or is it based on avoidance? Suppose you exercise because you are motivated by values like looking after your health, preventative health, or you pray motivated by your values around connecting with God or a higher power. Those aren't really control strategies since you aren't using them to control how you think or feel. So something is only a control strategy if your main purpose in using it is to get rid of unwanted thoughts or feelings. Okay, so now that we understand what control strategies are, the next step is to take a good, long, honest, and mindful look at what you are doing to avoid or get rid of unwanted thoughts and feelings and to assess what that has been costing you. To do this, I typically ask my clients three simple questions. So you can ask yourself these questions and I'm going to include a handout in the show notes that will help you to do this. Okay, so the first thing you want to ask yourself is what have I tried doing to get rid of these difficult thoughts and feelings? What have I tried doing to get rid of these difficult thoughts and feelings? What have you tried doing to get rid rid of feelings of anxiety, for example? Ideally, you want to come up with every single control strategy you have ever used and jot those down. Next, you want to ask, how has it worked in the long run? Has it reduced your pain? Has it enriched your life? And finally, you ask, what has it cost me when I have over-relied on these strategies? What does it cost me when I have over-relied on these strategies? Notice the costs. When you have used these strategies excessively or inappropriately, what has it cost you in terms of your health, your well-being, relationships, work, energy, money, your time. If you are listening to this podcast, most likely you've tried different things to feel better or not feel so bad, to not feel so anxious. It's important to make sure that you don't do more of what hasn't worked for you. 
that's why the first question deals with kind of recapping all the things you've tried in order to get rid of or avoid painful thoughts and feelings surrounding anxiety. Sometimes this can be distractions. We use distractions like watching TV, listening to music, playing games on the computer, uh, watching videos on YouTube, surfing the internet. Sometimes we opt out. We withdraw from people, places, situations when we don't like the thoughts and feelings they bring up for us. Sometimes we try to think our way out of it. We blame others. We rehash the past, fantasize, beat ourselves up about it. We dwell on thoughts like, if only, or this isn't fair, or why me? Sometimes we use substances or self-harm, like uh, eating junk food, prescription medications, drugs, suicide attempts, reckless risk-taking. All of those are control strategies and possible answers for that first question. What have you tried? Most likely you have put a lot of time and effort into trying to get rid of the unwanted thoughts and feelings. I'm sure no one could call you lazy, and I'm sure that a lot of the strategies you have used are things that a lot of us have done too. We all avoid situations, use all sorts of different ways to distract ourselves, and put stuff in our bodies that aren't good for us. In the short run, these things often make us feel better, for a little while anyway. But ask yourself in the long run, did these things get rid of the painful thoughts and feelings, the anxiety, so that they never come back again? Me, at the height of my social anxiety, I would distract myself with watching TV, listening to music, surfing the web, reading. I avoided my family. I stayed in my apartment all, all by myself. I procrastinated on doing my homework. I beat myself up about doing all those things too. The list goes on and on. And I did that for years. Eventually I realized those painful thoughts and feelings weren't going anywhere. Sure, I kept them at arm's length, but look at what it cost me to do that. People often say, well, that's one of the best times in their life. Their college years, a time of freedom, of exploring, of making friendships that last a lifetime. I missed out on all of that. Not to mention that using all those strategies was exhausting. It's exhausting trying to push all the thoughts and feelings away. I don't know about you, but I found it takes a lot of energy and effort to do that. Trying to get rid of, trying to avoid is not only tiring, not only costly, but it doesn't even work. Those thoughts and feelings keep showing up. I know you are not lazy or stupid. I wasn't lazy. I wasn't stupid either. We try common sense strategies that almost everyone uses. Some are even recommended by experts and psychologists. So at this point, you may be asking, what do I do then? And if you bear with me for a little bit longer, I want you to imagine with me one more time. Okay, so imagine you're in a tug of war 
with some huge anxiety monster. Okay, you're in a tug of war with a huge anxiety monster. You've got one end of the rope and the monster has the other end. And in between you and the monster, there's a huge bottomless pit. And you're pulling back as hard as you can, but the monster keeps pulling you closer and closer to the pit. What's the best thing you can do in that situation? Pull harder? Sure, that might be your first instinct, but the harder you pull, the harder the monster pulls. You're stuck. So what do you do? Drop the rope. You drop the rope. When you drop the rope, the monster's still there. But the difference is that you're no longer tied up in a struggle with it. You're free. You can do something more useful. That's how you release yourself from the vicious cycle. You drop the rope. Pulling harder on the rope is like using the control strategies. You need to drop the rope. In other words, let go of the illusion of control. Now, I realize you may feel that this doesn't completely answer the question, so what do I do? But that really is the first step. That sets up the groundwork, the foundation for what's to come. Stay tuned for episode four, where we'll look at how to prevent yourself from getting caught up in your thoughts, how to let go of them. Because it's when we get caught up in them that we struggle with them That's what causes the anxiety. So in the next episode, I'll walk you through how to prevent that from happening. Right now, I encourage you to complete the home play for this week. As I mentioned before, there's a handout you can use uh, that can be downloaded at calmlivingblueprint.com forward slash three. And that will help you notice all the different ways you try to avoid or get rid of unwanted thoughts and feelings, how that is working for you and what it is costing you. Notice when you are tugging on the rope. When does the tug of war happen? What triggers it? What are the consequences? Ultimately, it's about taking a good, honest look at how control is working in your life. Is it taking you in the direction of the meaningful life you want to live? Or is it taking you in a direction of struggle and suffering? Ultimately, it is up to you to judge, based on your own experience, whether or not control is enriching your life. You have a choice which direction you take. Alright, so thank you again for listening. We now have three episodes under our belts at this point. I would really appreciate if you could leave a review of the Calm Living Blueprint podcast on iTunes. Let me know what you like about the podcast. Let me know what you don't like about the podcast. What do you think is working well? What do you think doesn't work? I encourage you to be honest. That'll help me shape this podcast and and improve upon the value that I provide to you. Okay, so if you leave a review... Thank you for that. I really appreciate the feedback. Till next week, I'm Candice Esposito. Keep calm and carry on. Mm-hmm.